is this exactly my thought or did I pick it up on the way? Did, it, did I pick it up from someone else in my life? Because parents, friends, society is something that shapes us in, in ways we, we do not recognize enough. Welcome back everyone. Welcome to the With the Right People podcast. It's your host Crispin Schultz and today we've got our guest Timo Lerns. And Timo is a psychologist with a PhD in psychology, a professor in work on organizational psychology. And what I just found out and he said uh, he didn't even know about this and it's probably doesn't really count much in the academic community but he has 120,000 views on ResearchGate for his papers. So his work is probably pretty interesting, as you can tell from there. Um, and also, I invited you because of your passion to really using the scientific model and the science as a way to look at life. And today, we'll use that to look at the term mindset. I think mindset is one of the topics that is thrown around a lot in, in any sort of area. A lot of people talk about it, write about it. But I was curious to see how much science there actually is to mindset. So I'm really, really glad to have you here, Timo. Welcome to the show. How are you? Thank you. I'm fine. And yeah, as you said, I, I never realized how many views I have on ResearchGate. Uh, and as you said, it, most of my academic colleagues don't care about it. <laughs> But let's talk about mindset. Yeah. And what, what is a mindset? And is there science in mindset? I'm looking forward. And maybe, maybe starting off. So as I, as I told you and as I told you, the audience, mindset, I think if I were to just say it, I think it's one of the most used words in the whole self-development uh, sphere. Um, if you look at any kind of motivational quote on Instagram, it talks about mindset. But first of all, What is mindset? Like, is that, is that even a term in the scientific community? It is. It is. It shows up in, the first time it shows up, it is the idea of a static mindset or a growth mindset. Mm. And since then, some mindsets appeared, but basically it's about this growth mindset. Um, it is a It is more a common people term. Mm. So people like to throw around mindset. You have to have the right mindset. You have to change your mindset. Um, follow my Instagram and your mindset will change and you will do awesome things you mm. have never done in your life. Um, that's why I wanted to talk to you about like the science of mindset, what, what it really is a mindset. Because mm. if you think about a mindset, it it is like a like a sum of cognitions. So from my point of view, I, I wouldn't use mindset, except mm -hmm. when I talk to, yeah. to people outside of academia or outside of science, it's, it's an understandable term for them. But if I would really talk about it in a scientific way, like, it would be a sum of cognitions. So it's a sum of thought patterns of thoughts we have, and that developed throughout our life. 
So that means um, basically from the, the point we, we were born and the point where we started to actually be able to cognitively, cognitively understand the world or kind of perceive the world, that is when our main mindset start, started to get formed. Yes, it, it does. Because if you think about the, the mindset or the cognition, the, a mindset shapes your approach to things. Hmm. And there is not a good or bad mindset. There is hmm. a useful and a non-useful mindset depending on the situation. Hmm. So if you, if you grow up and like you develop a commonly known um, bad mindset, mm. quote, air quotes. Yeah. Um, like, I, I cannot do stuff. I'm, I'm inferior. Um, that mindset has its roots somewhere. Mm. And these roots, at one point, it probably helped you. It, so it helped you from disappointment. Mm -hmm. or it helped you in an environment that was toxic. So if you, if you want to achieve great things, but everything around you tries to block you from anything successful in your life, you, you can achieve that mindset or the cognition mm -hmm. of the world. So it's, it's mostly your glasses you wear when you go outside, and it's your glasses you have as well when you're talking to yourself. So it's the outside world and the inside world. Everything you, you see, do, and think is depending on your cognition. So mindset can be almost, and that's, that's a problem with the term, it can be almost anything, mm. because it can be your well, this is my mindset when I talk to myself. This is my mindset when I go to the subway. This is my mindset so when I leave the door. Right. And, and, but basically, it's just all of your cognitions about the world. So is the world a place where I can go out and trust people? Is mm. the world a place where I go out and mistrust people, mm. where I'm cautious? Mm. And if you, if you think, about places around the world, sometimes it's really helpful to be cautious. True. Um, it's not very good to, to go out and trust everyone. Mm. Um, and that's what I, what I mean when I say it's, it's not a good or bad mindset. Basically, it's a fit mindset. It's like, a, does it have a good fit with, with my environment, with my living situation? With my goals? With my goals, yes. And, and it's really hard to change that because it's so ingrained in us mm -hmm. to have a certain, certain kind of thought pattern. Because in, in, when I look at me, some thought patterns I probably carry around for almost 43 years. Mm. Um, that is hard to change. Mm. And maybe even if you're 20, so you had this kind of thought pattern your whole life and you came to this part in your life and you survived stuff and maybe you flourished, maybe you didn't. But it's really hard to change a mindset. Hmm. It's not like, oh, I had a look at, at Instagram and yeah. it said, be productive. And I was like, yes. Mindset changed. That's, that mindset. <laughs> so everything changed. Um, 
it, it is a long process to change that. that. That's, first of all, good to clarify formally. My question with that would be, is it still worth the effort? Or is it, is it not, not that question, but do you think the ambition to change one's mindset, now that we talked about that there's not really like a right or wrong, but more so like a useful one or not useful one, do you think that ambition makes sense in, in certain cases? It does. It does. Because sometimes you are so used to thought patterns or cognitions that are even harmful to you or block you from, from stuff. And you, you took these thought patterns from other people. So maybe you have a toxic mm. family or a toxic partner. And all they do is try to keep you down. At one point you have to be free from that pattern. But it's really hard to change it on your own. You have to find some place of psychological safety. You have to find maybe people who support you to change that, to, to give you an area where you can change it, where you can try new things. It's, it's basically like finding new good parents. Mm. <laughs> so mm. if, you, if, you, if you're safely bound to your parents, you, you know you can go there when something happens, but you go out in, into the world and, and adventure stuff. Mm. And for a lot of people, this kind of, oh, this sounds good <laughs> relationship to the parents does not exist or to friends or partners. Um, not all of us have partners that support us in stuff we want to do and give us some, some psychological safety. And that, that, from my point of view, is one of the main drivers of changing a mindset, is finding a new place where you can be you, where you can be accepted as you, where you don't have to to make yourself small or make yourself bigger. Even that, like telling stuff that, that does not exist or where you just can believe in yourself and you feel that you are accepted doing that. And even then, it's only a possibility to change the mind. So, so it's, it's, it's a probability game. It's not a deterministic swim. Some people have terrible stories but come out with a good yeah. like, like, a, like a healthy cognitive way doing that some people do live in, in, in a good environment and still have thought patterns that keep them back and so it's, it's not a deterministic, it's not like when A happens, B will happen mm. and, and that's the same if you want to change your mindset so if you, if you find some people and, and surround yourself yeah. with the right people and there's a chance you can change that, it's not a, if you do that it will happen it's not do A, B, C and you'll be at that you know? not, not as like a mathematical formula you just put into the calculator and it will always turn out the same Right, it's it can turn out totally different. It's it's just it's a it's a game of numbers, yeah. but it's it's a probabilistic mindset, and that's what you said with approaching the world um, with a scientific mindset is mm. probably when it comes down to what, what 
is a scientific mindset. It's a mindset that deals in probabilistics. Mm -hmm. So it's, well, we can, if I have seen data and given the data, I would say this could work mm -hmm. and this probably works for many people, mm -hmm. but then it doesn't work for other people. That, mm -hmm. That's what you find in, in discussions like, well, this and that worked for me. That, that is an anecdotal data yeah. set. So this yeah. is like this, I have done this and this worked. This is what, what you find in self-help books. Yeah. It's like most of the time it's people telling you what worked for them. But it doesn't mean it works for you. And it, you don't have the same probability that it works. Uh, maybe you need something completely. And this makes it really different uh, to for everyone to change their mindset. It's not like, well, do this and your mindset will change. It's, it's not a clear path and I think I definitely agree on that. And I think it's, it's something important to realize just so you can keep that momentum. Like if you, if you are actually planning to change and if you feel like you would like to change your mindset, change your life in general. And I felt that, you know, when, when I was growing up, kind of going back on what you said, I think I was lucky in terms of my, my parents, like um, in a broad sense that, you know, I had that, you know, this environment allowed me to kind of try to experience the world on my own. But at the same time, I myself got myself into, you know, environments where I didn't really, you know, grow in environments which hold me back. And I, I myself developed mindsets that hold me back. Um, And I feel, you know, speaking on the anecdotally, um, I feel like a lot of things changed for me when, when I went, went overseas for the first time after high school. And I was overseas for about a year. And it's basically what you said. It's like you, you have that reassurance, you know, for example, your parents said, okay, you know, obviously we're gonna miss you, but it's okay that you're gonna do this. So, you know, I went there. I didn't have any um, responsibility in terms of, oh, I have to stick with my old self. And, you know, people are not expecting anything of me because no one knows me, you know. So having that, and I think that's something we're going to talk about later as well, kind of creating that environment. But just obviously, you know, people, as we said, it's not like, you know, just go overseas and you, you, all your problems are going to be fixed. It's not not saying that, but at the same time, I feel like in some cases I've experienced how, you know, I was able to change, um, which is one of the big reasons I started this podcast as well, because I felt like, you know, when I look back, probably the biggest denominator where the people I met and literally first day I was overseas back then, this was when I was 18, um, like literally the second day actually, I met my best friend now in the elevator and it was just like, wow. Um, since we had kind of, we were on the same journey, we had a lot in common, we, we pretty much changed our life a lot. And, you know, things, things happen like that and that's a very anecdotal story. But at the same time, I think that's why I'm so curious about looking into these topics and um, maybe we, we take it, before we go into kind of, if we wanted to change it, what would be the biggest pro probabilities to change mm -hmm. that? One, one quick note maybe before that, 
good and bad mindsets. Although we said we don't really want to use these words because they're incomplete. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's say let's say the words useful and unuseful, or destructive and constructive. Um, I have some myself that I that I've thought of. Maybe you've got examples what people typically struggle with when it comes to mindsets that hold them back mm-hmm. and mindsets that actually make them achieve what they want to achieve. I think something it goes back to to the difference which I talked about earlier is like the growth mindset and the static mindset mm-hmm. so one typical example of a static mindset would be like the self talk i have to be perfect mm-hmm. because if you're always trying to be perfect you will fail and you will fail a lot and that leads to to like a backlash to yourself. So it's like, well, I wasn't perfect. Um, why can't I be perfect? I try to be perfect. And so you, you start a, like a negative talk to yourself. And I would say most of the time, and a negative talk can work to motivate people, but it had its cost in the long term. So even if you, for example, you want to start running, mm. And you go out and you start running. And most of the time, if people start running or people start anything at all, they suck. Mm. And you're out there and you, you have a trouble breathing and, and your legs are on fire and, and you start to have a negative self-talk, like go run, you pig, or whatever. Mm. Um, it can work. But it has a long-term effect. You don't like running. Uh, You go out and all you do is insult yourself Mm. all the time. It can work on a short term. So it's it's not like it's inefficient um, because you can scream at yourself and you can can mishandle yourself out there, but you pay a price for that. So on the other hand, if, if you talk about the growth mindset, it would be something like a beginner's mindset or a student mindset. It's like you start something new, you start running, and you're like, hmm, this feels new to me. Um, how can I improve stuff? Or you have more, you have, the mindset is more towards like, I did something wrong, how can I change this behavior the next time? It's not bad that something wrong happens. So if you, especially if you, if you start really, I think it's everything new. If, yeah. you, if you have a new language, a new sports, whatever, if you go there and say, well, I want to learn something new, I want to try something new, I want to have an adventure, mm. um, that makes a difference because then you don't have to be perfect. Mm. And if, if you are new to stuff, you will make errors and you will make a lot of errors. Every, every person out there that learns something new knows that. There's, you, cannot, you cannot learn the piano and go there and like, well, I want to play Beethoven on my mm. first day. It, it's not going to happen. You mm. will play some kid's song and... Even then, fail with that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you, you will fail at that. And then you will just you have a knot in your fingers and you, you look at your fingers like, how can I use these clumsy things to play a piano? But if you, if you go to that place and say, well, 
this is something new. My, my body, my mind has to learn this. Um, how can I learn? What, what is there to learn? Mm. Like I want to experience new stuff. That is, that would be something like the, the growth mindset. Mm. And that would be a healthier way to approach things from my point of view. Yeah. Uh, th that's interesting. Uh, I literally um, once wrote like a scientific paper about that and obviously not in the extent that you did me still being at university at that time. Um, but it was really interesting to see, um, I think this one, I think Carol Drack, uh, how's, how's she called? The one who wrote the book Mindset. I think she she looked at it also from the scientific point of view. Um, I, I can never remember any names. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm, really, I'm, I'm really good with faces, yeah, uh, yeah. but I can't. But I know the books. It's yeah. like one of those, yeah, that's like the, 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 brought it into the popularity of mindset books. Yeah, kind of, right. Yeah, yeah. So, so I really like this. And also, as I was thinking about this, kind of to, to, to paint the picture of the kind of like two um, sides of mindset, maybe. Um, some things I noted down that I thought of or like when I asked people like destructive mindsets they said things like thoughts like you know I won't make it anyway it's, you know I'm not made for this kind of you know everyone is better than me kind of these these thoughts or on the other hand on the positive side um, you know I can do anything I can set my mind to I, I've got a friend for example he once told me and I thought this was pretty powerful mindset of his he said you know the reason that he's able to do stuff or like stick with stuff he says his experience has shown him that no matter what the problem if he just puts in a lot of time he will figure it out and i think that's really powerful um to think about it because in a lot of cases that is true and if you have that mindset you know it, it will help you with that so yeah, do you think those are examples of mindset? Would you add something to that? Do you have other things that come to your mind? I think it's it's two different pair of shoes. If mm. you say I can do everything I put my mind to, compared to I have experienced mm. that if there is some kind of trouble, I can deal with it because I have the resources mm. and and I have the patience to do that. It's two different things. Okay. Because and because the first one, the I can do anything, can be a problematic mindset as well. Okay. Uh, if you think about it, it's kind of a toxic uh, optimism or a toxic positivity oh, in it. Because yeah. like you can do anything, and and that is something we see that a lot of people struggle with. If they have this mindset, they can be anything at all. Mm. They can, you can be everything you want, mm. but it's, no, we, we cannot. Mm. Um, not if we are honest. So, I'm 40, almost 43. Um, I'm about 90 plus kilograms. Mm -hmm. I will not be a Bolshoi dancer in mm. my life. So, mm. I, I can do, ballet if I want to, but I will never be a Bolshoi dancer. So there's this kind of realistic point of view. And if, if, if you say you can do everything you want, it's not true. Mm. It's not true. And people will get disappointed and people will feel anxiety, feel probably kind of depressive thoughts and feelings because they fail, because they cannot be everything. Yeah. And it's it's... Once again, it's, it's a chance or probability game. So 
Um, maybe you, you come from a really poor background, poor socioeconomic class, and you have a much harder path. And if you grow up, like, you can do anything. It's not true. You probably can overcome things. Mm. You can achieve great things. But it's, it's different. It's, it's, a mm. different. it's a different thought pattern to say, well, if there's something in front of me, I can probably overcome it. I have the resources, I have the skills, I have developed the skills, and I know myself, and I'm, I know my strength, and I can overcome that. That is something we would call self-efficacy. Self-efficacy, yeah. That, that, is, that, that would be a self-efficacy mindset. Yeah. The other could be, it, it could be that you, you probably can't do anything, but it could also be some kind of a toxic point of view that leads to failure. It's like, I, I want to be perfect. It's like the fixed mindset It's, it's pretty, pretty much yeah. like that because, um, and on the other hand, like, I am, I suck at this. I'm, mm. I'm really bad at this. Can be, of course, if on, on the first view, it's, it's a, it's a it's air like, quote, bad, bad, yeah, yeah. <laughs> bad mindset. You have to change that. But in the right situation or the wrong situation, <laughs> It, it can protect yourself mm. from stuff. So if you are so used to other people winning because they have different chances of winning mm -hmm. um, and they have other resources, it can be helpful. It can be helpful and can protect yourself from not entering a game. Mm. And then other people come around and say, if you're not entering the game, you cannot win. But if, if you're experience is that you lose and lose and lose no matter what. You experience something like a learned helplessness. And one of the mindset is, well, I suck at this. I don't do that. I, I won't compete in this game. Then it can be kind of helpful. So it's, that's my problem with this mm -hmm. is a good or a bad mindset because you can, you can have a toxic negativity mm -hmm. and you can have a toxic positivity oh, that, right. that that people just show up and believe they they can do everything without putting in the work, for example. So it's just yeah. like, I can do everything I want. Like, yes, that's probably kind of true, but you have to put in a lot of work to do that. And that's why I mean, it's, it's different to say, well, if there are challenges or anything showing up that, that tries to block me from mm -hmm. this path, either I know other ways to, to find my or achieve my mm. goal that would be kind of a, a hope um, approach or the, the self-efficacy approach that says, well, if anything shows up, I have the resources, I've developed the skills and I'm honest to myself and I know my strength and I will overcome this. Wow. It's, it's a different thing yeah. and I think that's... I think a... a air quote, healthy mindset would be something where you're honest. So it's not a dark and depressing mindset. It's not a, a overly optimistic mindset because you, you can have something like a unrealistic optimism. 
where he's like, well, everything will be fine. People will live forever. Mm. It's, it's not going to happen. People will die at some point. Mm. So this is, even if you put your mindset to, I will never die. Yeah. Well, good luck with that because you will be disappointed at one point in your yeah. life. And, and I think it's a, like, what is a good realistic point of view? What is a, a approach where I'm open to new things and I think it's, it's about more about an honest conversation with yourself. Like, what, what can you really achieve? What kind of skills do you have? And for that, you have to have the surrounding to, to be able to do that. Because if the surrounding blocks you with, with keeping you down and you're, you're surrounded by people telling you, well, Crispin, you can't do that. Mm. Um, I know you for 10 years. I've never seen you do that. Mm. Um, you cannot do it. That can be an honest feedback, but it can also be a person keeping you down. Yeah. And sometimes you, you have to change people in your surrounding and say, well, um, I cannot live with that mindset around me anymore because I want to do something. And then you have to start a good and honest conversation with yourself. Like, what are my strengths? What are my opportunities? What are my resources? And then you can build on that. It's like, how, how much time do I have? How much money do I have? How much mental health or mental capacity do I have? Mm. How much physical health do I have? And what is my goal? Is that a realistic goal? Mm. So... So it also comes down to thinking critically as you know as from from listening first of all like uh, this was very very well deconstructed for me because as you as you were talking I could see myself um kind of rethinking the obvious and although it's it's not hugely complicated but it's so such a significant change in thinking thinking from, you know, oh, all of these saying the positive mindsets are good or like better than the negatives versus actually comes down to thinking about what you want to do, for example, what you want to achieve, and then thinking what would be helpful in that case. And then also looking at, okay, how am I currently thinking? Is that helping me? So if I were to boil this down and think for myself, Say I'm I'm a person. Say I've attend I've identified. Hmm. I feel like I'm holding myself back from time to time. Probably one of the first steps would be kind of sitting down and thinking about what I want to do, how I'm thinking about the whole situation, how that is affecting me, and what I, sh in in the best case, should be thinking to help me towards that. Is that correct? How would you go about kind of like starting the process of changing changing a mindset? I think it's it's hard to change it at will. Mm. So um, you you probably can't do that because the it, it's always about like an inner talk. Mm. It's it's like a, a good conversation with yourself. And the first thing when you say, "Well, I'm holding myself back in situations," I think everyone has that and. The first thing I would I would have a look at is like, is this exactly my thought? 
or did I pick it up on the way? Hmm. Did, it, did I pick it up from someone else in my life? Because parents, friends, society is something that shapes us in, in ways we, we do not recognize enough. Yeah. Even, even if you think about, if, you, if you're saying, well, I, I want to be a leader, hmm. I want to I lead other people, and it, it's a total difference for men and women because society um, is more, when we think about male or man, hmm. they are agentic, they, they do stuff. Hmm. They go out and, and shape the world. Hmm. And women are more communal, they take care of others. This is what society, even, even hmm. now, it's not a, well, Everyone thinks that, but if you have a close look at Western society, it's, it's yeah. still there. It's still a thought pattern. And if you have a woman acting out in a way a man would, like be decisive, be energetic, um, making clear decisions, um, it could be that this person gets punished by other people. Because it, this person wouldn't behave according to the expected mindset. Sure. And that is something we see. That, that's what I meant when I talked about you have to have the right place where you can where you try new things. Sure. Because you have to have that safe circle where you try out like, I want to I wanna do it this way this mm. time. And you have something like, that is a good idea. Try mm. that mm. and see how it feels. It'll encourage Be, you. Yes, you, you need someone. Maybe it's yourself, mm. but most of the time it's it's other people who are who have an impact. And I think that is where the this idea comes from. From well, I just post something in social media. Mm. And people will read it and they will be encouraged by it. But it's it's different. It's not mm. like some quote by Confucius or who else, like this person once said, and then people mm. are like, go down in awe about this quote. Um, but at most of the time, it's, it's something that's stuck with people. But it's another person you, you meet and it's something they tell you. But it's not a mind change in that moment. But it's something that in chaos theory is mm. the X factor. So okay. you something you cannot foresee it, and something hits you, and it mm. changes your ah. direction. Mm. And that is is there. So you meet a person, and that person tells you something you have never thought about yourself, yeah. and you just sit there and like, huh? Maybe that person is right. Mm. That can be small changes in both direction. It, it works in a toxic way as well. So most people who have toxic partners, sometimes these people have like a healthy, good self-talk, a good conversation with them, good contact to themselves, and then they meet someone. And this person sneaks into them hmm. and changes them. And, and this works on both directions. Okay. So... Sometimes you meet someone and this person influences you in a, in a really good way. So the mindset is per se not static. 
We change our cognitions all the time. People, oh. it's, it's not like, well, now you're 18, you have this cognitive mindset, yeah. um, that's it. If that would be true, then everything from cognitive therapy to, to well, I want to change something in my life, it wouldn't work. It would be a deterministic, like, everything happened till you're 18 and now you're, you're you. Mm. Deal with it till death. Um, so everything we, we experience shapes us mm. and in good or bad ways. That's pretty powerful to realize. It's, it's also what I was thinking of. You're right. Oh, like that's, that's a totally um, relatable point that you brought up. Every experience, and I, even the small ones, even, like you could be walking down the street and just overhear someone talking and that kind of fits so well into that situation where you were going through in your head and you're like, hmm, this makes total sense. And no one could have foreseen that interaction. You didn't even have an interaction really. But, you know, so that's pretty true. So from what I would think, just thinking from that standpoint, we talked about probabilities. So to, to get, our goal probably would be to get into the realm on the fear where the probabilities are high for us to um, live the life we want to live or like, um, you know, kind of achieve what we set out to. So is there anything you would say we can do to increase the probabilities or what would be kind of the, the surroundings we would want to create? We talked about um, encouraging people in our surrounding. Maybe we go off from there and think about that a little bit. That would be really interesting. I think it's a really good place to have good probabilities in life at all mm. is accumulate some kind of resources. <laughs> like be it financial resources because it's not about owning stuff, it's about safety. So mm. if something happens, you have resources to deal with it. Even if, you, if your car breaks down, mm. Or, like, this happened to me two weeks ago, my washing machine broke mm. down. Um, so I went out and bought a new one. Um, and that's the same with people. Like, accumulate resources, accumulate good and honest people. It's not just encouraging people. Mm. It's people who give you honest feedback. Mm. And who give you feedback that helps you develop a better discussion with yourself. And they are wrong. I would call them wrong people. Mm. They may be right for other people, but mm. sometimes, and if people think about it, most people know what I'm talking about is, I call them energy vampires. Okay. Yeah. Um, so it's people that you meet, and even if you call them friends, mm. afterwards you feel kind of drained. Mm. So they, they suck out energy, um, Maybe they have some kind of humor that puts you down all the time. Hmm. And, and you keep laughing because they're your friends. Yeah. But on the other hand, it's just people making fun of you all the time. Hmm. And I think if, if we go back to, to some um, humanists in, back in the 30s and 40s and 50s and on, um, it's the same idea. It's like if you're allowed to be you and you find people who, who allow you to be you and support you being you, mm. 
with the critique that is necessary from time to time and the encouragement that that will help you to develop a good sense of yourself and a good sense of of your actual possibilities like what are you good at what are you really good at what is your natural talent and maybe what is something you have to work on sometimes weaknesses are irrelevant in the in the right situation but sometimes if you want to achieve that goal if you if you want to be a public speaker and you're afraid of spotlight hmm. and speaking in public that is a weakness you should work on and it's probably would that be the best goal for you? Mm. But sometimes it is because it is part of your job mm. and it's part of your dream job. Even if that one action is not the action you dream about, it's mm. like it's more like the nightmare that action of your it. job. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you have to work on it. So it's not ignoring everything and just smile at it and, and be happy. It's, it's knowing what's going on and getting feedback from people that surround yourself and finding these right people and sometimes you can do this actively mm. and seek out people like if you sit there and, and start something new and like who, who can teach me a lot about this who is a good teacher mm. doing that um, who is a person I have a connection with and that is teaching me well and who would be a good mentor even that, I think that the power of mentoring is immense. If you experienced mentoring, in, yeah. um, that is something that has such a great impact. To to do something I, I criticized in other people is anecdotal stuff. Yeah. But it's. Um, I went to the university when I was thirty, so I was mm. kind of a classical underachiever. I had no education. Um, no real education till then and then I went to the university I decided at one point I decided well everything starts to bore me in my life so I want to do mm. something nice you did music before right? <laughs> yes I did music yeah. before and yeah. I saw myself like in a, in a future pro projection and I was like well do I want to be still that me when I'm in my late 30s and the answer was no so I mm. did something new and I went to the university and started studying psychology yeah. um, and I met my later mentor so I met a person that it was, she believed in me she told me well you have uh, sometimes I don't know what you're talking about but mm. you have such a passion for doing stuff mm. um, if you want to come and work for me, I will let you research the stuff you want to do research on. And that was a person, and then that's what I mean with the with the critical moments. Uh, I remember mm. we sat in her car and, and drove somewhere, um, and she said, "Well, Timo, I don't know any person that personates positive psychology like you do." Mm. And not in that happy kind of way, mm. but in a way that, well, more in a resilient way and in a way that builds on, on strength as you do. And that is, that is a powerful sentence to hear, especially if you come from a background that wasn't that supportive 
So most of the time I, I had the same thoughts. I had the same, well, I'm not good enough to do that. I've never thought about doing a PhD. Yeah, and that's very I've, common. I'm not good enough, right? That's, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm not good enough to do that. Um, I'm, I'm not really good at education and, and learning new stuff because that's what they... What, Almost everyone in school told me. Yeah, or I'm not a winner. Or, you know, I'm, I'm not a winner. I've, I've never won a medal. I've never won a prize in my life. I'm not a winner. And I probably can't do that. And, and then she came and said, well, um, you have to do a PhD. I'm like, do I? Well, if, if she says I should do a PhD, um, she's smarter and even that can help she's smarter than me she's wiser than me and she has a phd so maybe she's right maybe mm. sometimes it helps to listen to other people and yeah. so i started and then now i'm a professor yeah <laughs> so that impact mentoring had on me of developing my own set of strength and know my own capabilities i have and skills i have um That is something I think that no one can take away from you. If you, if you experience that, that, that is really powerful. And that is not a social media post. That is meeting another person, trusting another person, having a connection to another person. And then that person helps you to stand up, to develop. That is, I think, one of the best things you can you can find and to come back to your question like what would be the best probability mm. is find that person find find a person who is honest to you who's who's nurturing and who sees you as a person sees your passion sees your strength sees your weaknesses who can laugh with you about your passion and your weaknesses but who gives you an honest feedback and helps you to be bigger than you are and helps you to develop into that other person. Sometimes it starts with another person seeing a different you. And if that person puts her or his time into you and, and, and the, the stuff they can teach you and... Um, send you on your way that is something I would say that one of the biggest possibilities but once again we are back to anecdotal data yeah. uh, so, but the, the power of mentoring is is a huge power I would love to kind of just uh, validate that one more time because um, speaking of anecdotes I'm, I won't share a big anecdote or something but I just wanted to say I can't relate more to that and um, I feel like even if to be honest even if such a relationship like a mentor-mentee relationship or something where you know you feel like someone um, you look up to is taking their time and you, you go through these experiences you learn from say a mentor or someone who you admire even if that wouldn't teach you anything even if it would make you worse off Like to say that extreme, I can say from my experience, it's been the greatest moments of my life, to be honest, like thinking back on experiences where, you know, it's kind of like, you know, like when you watch a movie or read a book or whatever you do, and then you see that story where you see someone 
kind of like in the struggling position and then you know they kind of change their life because they meet someone and then this leads to this coincidence and so on and so forth we talked about chaos theory i think it's just incredible experience of life to be honest like having you know having these experiences so i can i can definitely agree on encouraging that for like for 100 percent i i I agree. It can be even if you say, "Well, well if you're if you're worse off than that, yeah. if you met the the totally wrong mentor, it is probably a an experience." But people who know me know this. I'm I'm very cautious all the time. Like, well, this sounds good, but this is a mm. two-edged sword. And mm. this is the same with mentoring. Yeah. Mentoring can be immensely powerful and can be immensely destructive mm. because if you Like like a cult leader. That's oh, pretty yeah. much the same the same yeah. idea. People meet them and they're they're really charismatic and they they have such an impact on people's life. Mm. But most of the time, towards towards worse kind of things. Yeah. And and still these people report like you said. Well, well, it it was immense. This was an immense feeling of meeting this person. Right. Yeah. Um, so that that would be the dark side of mentoring yeah. i think yeah. it would be guruing yeah, yeah. Or, or cult leading oh, right. oh, good, to, good to realize um, on the other hand um well if if we take the name of your podcast like surround yourself with the right people it's yeah. like sometimes it's hard to pick the right people yeah. but if you find the right people it has a huge impact on you oh, yeah i like that um I, i'm just looking at my notes um You, you, you. It, before we started the discussion, one thing you um, you wrote down or you talked about was um, strength-oriented approaches. Can you put this into perspective from what we've been talking about? What was that going to? That that is well. There there comes the the positive psychology part of uh, me. Yeah. And I like to to know people's strength and approach because most of the people you meet and you ask them like is there something you cannot do you're really bad at people can tell you that mm. because otherwise it's bragging mm. and a lot of people don't really know their strength or they try to achieve a strength they think would be good and that is like it's going back to the old saying know thyself mm. um it's like what are your strengths and f talking about strength and like once again we we come back to an honest discussion with yeah. yourself like what are my talents what is is there that i can i can do really really well and there are some strength tests out there mm. or questionnaires um, the VIA, for example, the Values yeah. in Action Test, or Gallup has a strength profiler, or a, the strength profile um, by Clifton, I think. No, that's, that's Gallup as well. But there's several out there, and they have different approaches, and, and some of them give really good feedback or bad feedback or some, some well, some feedback that is quite useless. One of them gives a feedback to I had one in one it was a courage was my was my main strength and said, Well, you're not afraid of anything, you're not afraid of pain. And I was like, I I I am afraid of pain. That is bad yeah. feedback. Like yeah. I, I really don't like pain, especially if you send me to a dentist, I'm a shivering mess. 
Um, <laughs> you will see no courage there. Um, so, but, it, but it's a good approach to talk about it. Mm. And I do that in, in my team. So mm. everyone on my team um, did one of these tests and, mm. and we came together and we talked about it. And realizing that that there are all kinds of strengths. So a strength can be you're very strategic in thinking or a strength can be you have a good kind of humor. Like when you show up, the room lights up. Hmm. People, people like to work with you. Um, people enjoy being near you. That can be a strength. Or drive. Like people, some people have a really good drive. They... they they set their mind to something and then they're like a pit bull mm. just biting and then they have a good drive and realizing that that is a strength and that some of these strengths are natural and, and you can use them. Sometimes you have to be careful not to overuse them. Mm. Here's my two-edged sword again. Yeah. Um, then there is this idea that there are strengths that you have but you're not using them. But realizing that you have them and that you could use them in mm -hmm. different situations. And then there are sometimes our strengths that you learned over time, but they drain you. So mm. be careful to use them. Yeah. Um, but you can use them. And then on the other, the last ones are the weaknesses. Yeah. <laughs> even, even those you should know. You should know your weakness. Like, yeah. what, what am I really bad at? But... Most people can tell you that side. Hmm. Uh, Lots of people can can tell you like I'm I'm a really good strategic thinker, or I'm my strength is to see people as individuals. Hmm. I, I see their their story. I see them as with their background, and sometimes it's it's there's one strength and, and every student in Germany asks me like what is that strength is woo and I just all, all the time I go like well it's pretty self-explaining it's woo Mm. Uh, <laughs> some people just bring an energy to something. Yeah, yeah. They, they enter a room and it's like, yeah, well, let's do that. Woo! Yeah, yeah. And that's a strength as well. So have a look at yourself. Get some feedback yeah. from other people. Like, what do you see me? Like, is there something? Um, to give me honest feedback. Mm. Um, what is my strength? What do you see when, when you think about me? Yeah. And that is a strength approach. It's like, what am I really good at? And when people talk about their strength, you, you can see it. You can, you can see they get more energetic. They, they even Their hands are more active. Their eyes are more active. People light up when they talk about it. And first of all, it's fun to talk about strength. And on the other hand, it's good to know your own strength and not to run after something you are not. Mm. So if you are really bad at organizing stuff, and you can, you can work with it and you find ways around, but you will never be the person who says, well, I'm a good organizer. Mm. I'm the perfect organizer. It's, it's, that would be kind of a... There's this, uh, one of these psychoanalysis from the early... 20th century, it's Adler, it was like, if you're bad at something, then you achieve greatness by being bad and trying to overcome this. Mm -hmm. But that is one of the 
the theories out there, but yeah. it it probably has a better chance if you realize, well, I'm good at that and I can use that. I can use that yeah. to my advantage. I can, I'm, if, I know, if I know my strength, I can go out there and use it wisely and I can use it consciously in situations. That, that totally reminds me of, um, I once read a book, it's, it's literally this small, like it's, it's tiny, uh, it's called Managing Oneself by Peter Drucker. Peter Drucker, um, one of the probably most prominent um, like business lecturers and writers at you know at that time, or maybe still like um, being a writer at Harvard and so on. And he wrote this like tiny book, and he talked about exactly that. Like most people kind of know what they are bad at. Um, you know, almost none can, you know, tell you what they're good at. And then the people who do know, most of them don't even focus on that, you know. And that's what he says is a tragedy because the biggest result, like from his conclusion, yields when you focus, you double down on what you're good at because then you can actually achieve greatness and not just, you know, be average after figuring out your weaknesses and then trying to improve mm -hmm. your weakness. So... Man, that that was like a perfect kind of kind of a segue from from mindset towards this because this is something I, I'm concerned with myself. I'm I'm constantly trying to figure that out, and that's um, I think that's a very very important thing to figure out. If you no matter what age you are, but especially when you're kind of like as long as you don't know it, you have to figure it out. You know. So one thing you said was taking tests, and I think I've taken. You know some tests mostly personality tests also not really strength related tests so that would be a recommendation and um, kind of talking about it, getting feedback from others how, how do you normally structure these you said or maybe I mean you've already talked about a lot but maybe you have some sort of guidance towards the whole process of finding one's strength in, the, in a quick summary honest conversation with yourself it always comes back to this it's um Sometimes it's there is a um, an exercise. It's called strength spotting, mm -hmm. and I, I love to do that with my students. Um, so I, I put on an octopus, and you can put on a spider, a hedgehog, whatever kind of animal, and then you say, well, um, this group in front here is as A, the other is B, and and you in the back you are C. Mm -hmm. um, that's pretty much all your grades, but. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say it's random, yeah. <laughs> random letters. Yeah. But then, then you show them the different animals. And they have three minutes to write down all the strength they see in this animal. So even if people don't like spiders, we, we can... And I, I really hate spiders. Mm. Um, but they're, they're fast, they're agile, they create webs we... I cannot build a web like this. Mm. <laughs> um, and so you write down all the strength you see and you can think about. And you can do the same with people. So if you, if you have a group of, of friends, uh, you can do the same. So maybe you, you just surround yourself with, with your friends and then put on a, on a, on a board a picture of you. And like, mm. Well, what do you see in Crispin? Yeah. And then people um, write down what they see and they, they start to give you feedback on that. Mm. That would be a good exercise to do that, to, to train your strength spotting skills. 
um, because when you work with a lot of people, you start to, to spot different strengths. That's true. Uh, I think that's a good point. Like, um, this is something, because I ask this question quite regularly, I think I've asked it in some podcasts as well, but also just with people I meet. And one, one of my friends, he said, a great way to discover strength is actually to work with other people because then, you know, you see what they're good at, first of all, but you also see what they are bad at. And then you realize, you know, if you think they are bad at it, you're probably good at it because you can kind of make that distinction, at, at least when you feel like you're good at it. And then kind of having these reference experiences is pretty helpful. So. And it's it's really helpful to see, even if you're working in a team, like like what are the strengths of your team members? And I had the, the perfect example today because I'm I'm really bad at adherence to rules and of just keeping the books. Hmm. I, I hate this. I'm I'm super extroverted. I like being with hmm. people, I like talking with people. And I have an audit, so I have to open books from mm. a project, from a research project, and I have a controller. Mm. And I wrote him today, well, uh, we, have, we have eight days, we have an eight-day deadline, and we have to open our books, and we have to come up with this and that, and all the, the bills from, um, from different stuff we, we did. We have a visitor. <laughs> Well, this is working in a, in a university. <laughs> um, and if I would have to do that by myself, it would be terrible. And he just sent me all the stuff I need. He's really good at it. Wow. And I love him for it. Yeah. <laughs> it's exciting to work with a person that has this strength and to be able to have my own weakness, accept it, and let some other people take over the wheel for yeah. that. I like that. I think that's that's a very smart way to, I mean, to kind of deal with the world, and you know, when I reflect on when I reflect on our talk, uh, we we started with kind of clearing up clearing up the the concepts behind the term mindset and your your outlook on life and how you kind of gauge situations. And uh, then you know we talked about strength so putting us in the position um, having the right people around us um, knowing ourselves not just in terms of figuring out what mindset might be helpful but also on the broader sense deciding what game you actually want to play um, looking at your strength and I think one final factor that goes together with all of those um, as far as I can tell from the title of that uh, you know that term it's called Uh, psychological capital um, if we want to draw on this one as well just because we have you here as a psychologist um, I think this is something like if you know I don't know much about the term as you can tell but is it some sort of we want to have that in our toolbox you know building that psychological capital can you talk about this and correct me or like you know <laughs> kind of Put this together psychological capital first of all is science meets marketing it's, okay. it's, it's a really good term you it's it's basically a term for a construct that has four elements and and here's the next marketing mm. trick 
the acronym for these four is HERO. Oh, what? Yeah, it's, there it's, you go. Yeah, yeah, there, there you go. Uh, and the guy who invented it, Lutans, um, he has like, he, he brought out a book and a paper, like, the hero within. <laughs> so the, the sidecap is your hero within, and the hero, the H is for, for hope, the E is for efficacy, R is resilience, and O is optimism. He's probably so, the only uh, psychologist with more uh, weeds on research gear than you. I, I think there are some <laughs> that yeah, have yeah. more reads than I do. Um, but it's, it's a smart thing to call it psychological capital because mm. it instantly struck in organizational psychology. Mm. It's a good name, it has a good acronym, and the idea behind psychological capital is that these four subconstructs create something more. And all of them are trainable and develop. You can develop optimism, you can develop resilience, you can develop hope, and you can develop efficacy. So you can have a training for that. And once again, I'm, mm. I'm bringing out the two-edged sword. Um, the term psychological capital is a marketing term, and mm. it's a really smart. I, if you come up with that idea, yeah. it's like, yeah, use it. It's better <laughs> than to call it the general factor of good things you can own or yeah, something. Yeah. Um, but it has its difficulties. From my point of view, resilience is the problematic factor in this mm -hmm. because if you think about hope, and hope is defined as a thing of willpower and way power. So mm -hmm. if something happens and I see different paths, that is my way power, and I have the power to, to just follow the path. That's my willpower. Nice. If you have no willpower anymore, you're hopeless. If you don't have a way power, you're hopeless. Mm. And, but it's, it's towards the future. And efficacy as well. We, we talked about efficacy already. Yeah. So we had this, well, something's coming up and I can overcome this problem with my own resources and skills. Again, this is towards something. Again, optimism towards something. Mm. Everything will be fine. Mm. And then there's resilience, which is kind of the slippery fish of psychology, because okay. everyone has their own definition of resilience. Some define it as, well, things can hit you, and nothing happens. You're, you're the rock. And other people say, well, you're like bamboo. Things will happen to you, and you just go with the wind and come back up. And with resilience, it, it's not towards something. Something has to happen to activate your resilience. And resilience is very dependent on your situation you are in. And mm. some people are resilient towards some things and totally go down with other things. And that's especially in, in if you if we talk about measurement and psychology and I can I can do a lot more podcasts on measurement <laughs> yeah. and psychology uh, if you're up to it but most I think 
we'll have like 10 listeners for that. <laughs> um, that that's not where the most views come from. <laughs> yeah, so that's just, um, I'm, I'm, even my students are like, oh, not again. But <laughs> resilience is always the problem factor in this um, because it's different to the other three. It's like one, one is not like the others. Hard to and measure, can I imagine? It's hard. <laughs> Especially if you, if you try to find a, a good definition. As I said, mm. it's, it's like a slippery fish. Mm. People, we don't have a good definition for it. We, we, we have a really good definition for hope and we have a good definition mm. for efficacy and optimism. Mm. Um, we have a good definition for mindsets. You know, it's like, yeah. well, it's just, uh, the sum of cognitions. Um, but with resilience, Everybody understands what it probably is, mm. but it can be a lot of things. Mm. But on the other hand, SciCap is, it is a resource, basically. It is a resource to develop these four sub-facets and to, you develop them in different ways. So if you, if you want to develop hope, have a look at different paths towards your goal. Like, what motivates you to go on, to keep going on even if something happens? Mm. And to find a different path towards your goal. And with resilience, it's mostly, what are my resources? How do I approach when shit hits the fan? Mm. Like, do I have resources? What are the first steps? That is kind of the hardest training because people don't really want to train for stuff that goes bad. Mm. Like, I don't know, what will I do when one of my parents will die? Mm. What are the first steps I have to take? What, mm. what is my network I have to call? Um, how do I approach this? It's mm. like, that is not a, a happy conversation. You will, like, mom. Uh, we should talk about the day you will die. It, it will happen. Mm. And it's good to approach that at one mm. point and talk about it. And, but that is the hardest part to develop, yeah. like talking with people like, what do we do if something goes terribly wrong? Mm. That's true. Wow. I'm, I'm pretty... I think this is, this is going to be one of the episodes um, maybe people listening can relate. I'm definitely gonna, you know, kind of re-listen, take notes, and um, kind of, you know, think my way through everything to to really implement that. And I wanted to wanted to ask you before before I were to to summarize, if there's anything you would love to add, you would like kind of a question you would ask yourself um, if you were me or anything that comes to your mind. Like the. Most questions I get is like, where do I start? Hmm. That's a good and one. I think it's, well, have an honest conversation with yourself. It always comes back to that. Like, do not have a totally optimistic point of view. Don't have a dark view of yourself. Like, what are your possibilities? What are your resources? Where can you find new possibilities? Where can you find new resources? How can you build new resources? What kind of work do you have to put in? That is some, there is no cheat code. There is, there is no easy way around that stuff. It's, it's hard to have an honest conversation with yourself. So like, what is a good way to achieve that? And what is a good goal for yourself? 
Like, where do you want to go? Because if you do not set a goal, you will never know if you're there. Yeah. You just keep walking yeah. in, in some direction. You will never know if you're there. Um, but I think the first step is always an honest conversation with yourself. Am I satisfied with what I'm doing? Am I not satisfied? Is something around me keeping me, really keeping me back? Is something helping me to find my goals? Is something pushing me towards my goals? Like, who am I surrounded with? What am I doing that is helping me? What am I doing that is keeping me back? And, and find all that in yourself. And I think that would be step number one. And that can be a discussion for minutes, for days, for weeks, a uh, month. And I think it took me almost two years. It is, it is a quite, um, quite worthy path, I would say. Um, I'm actually, so that's, you know, that's one of the things we talked about how life, you know, you can't predict it and, you know, you'll have influences and you can't really connect the dots, but then at some point you can, for example, in about a month or so, I'm going to go on just a small holiday break and kind of a retreat with a good friend of mine. And we're just going to be, we're just going to be in a, in a house in the forest, you know, no electronics, nice. nothing. And, you know, to me also that sounds wonderful in terms of relaxation, first of all, also more and more over the last, um, you know, past few days, but also past months and years, obviously kind of figuring out myself and figuring out the path I'm going. I want to use that to take actually, you know, deep thoughts and have deep conversations with my friend, with myself, um, and yeah, figure out life a bit more. And so I'm, I'm definitely going to use some of the advice uh, from today's episode, and especially kind of that that impulse itself to have that honest conversation. Because yet again, it just showed me how important that would be. And you know, for everyone listening, I think that's a great, you know, that's a great starting point. And when I, if I were to summarize, um, we started with looking at mindset from the scientific and um, psychological perspective, we went over um, the, the factors which we could use to discriminate between, you know, how we can discriminate between mindsets, you know, what might be, why, why isn't there good and bad, and um, how might we choose a mindset or define a mindset that's helpful to us. Um, how our environment um, can play into that, how our environment and the people we surround ourselves with can actually be one of the most um, influential factors in allowing us to have that freedom to do our, you know, do our try at um, changing our minds and changing ourselves for that matter. And then I think the uh, conversation turned to really interesting thoughts about generally figuring out yourself and figuring out life, your strengths, and now at the end also with the, um, with the small bonus of uh, the cool marketing term, psychological capital. So I'm, I'm just really amazed and really glad about our conversation. Um, Tim Alonso, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me. That's been great. See you again. I hope so. Next time we can talk about measurement. Of course, I'm looking for <laughs> I already noted it down. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs>